I was like, why isn't this doing well? And I thought about it, and it's like, well, it's huh. it's not as like it doesn't have like the I don't know. He's a weird giant. <laughs> he looks super Who abducts a this, child <laughs> out of an orphanage? There's no like I sex appeal in this show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want them to like recall the movie back and just recall like a like a sexy giant like get Chris get Hemsworth get or whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> <For> Johnny Depp. Because <laughs> when I think sexy, I think Johnny Depp. Raven Games Podcast, Episode 8, First Convention. Woo! <laughs> Yay! I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Craig Knight. I'm Brenna Asplund. I'm Mallory Lockett. Yeah, back again. Woo! Yeah. Triumph of music right here. Back by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually did get an email. Somebody said, hey, you should have Mallory on more often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we begged her and she came back. Yeah. So what the heck is with our title? Well, we're going with Star Trek titles, so I thought I would just continue the, you know, the pattern, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cute. It's good. It's good. I give it like a 7 out of 10. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what have you guys been playing? I'll be honest. I haven't really been playing anything. I'm kind of a loser right now. I'm trying to rethink my life, and I've been just having a lot of, like, up late nights just staring at a wall going, what am I going to do? That's not what I've been doing at all. I haven't been I playing that. many games recently because I've been writing a full novella and being awesome with my free time. I'm like, Craig. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> some of us... <laughs> wow. I'll just, I'll just take a, a seat here and leave. <laughs> you guys can finish this podcast without me. No, no, but no. stay. I haven't played many games recently, like I said, because I've been busy. One of my younger sisters just finished playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time. Like the first Kingdom Hearts. And her comment on it was, this story makes no sense and it's stupid. (laughs) Just don't try to make any sense of it. There's somebody who did like a 18 minute video like trying to explain like how the first like Kingdom Hearts relates to everything else. And it's, it makes no sense. It's. It's just Disney Fall Fantasy, and you just gotta have fun with it. No, and that's yeah. exactly like, and that's just the first game too. Like the games yeah. get so much more ridiculous. Her exact words were, "The plot is stupid and hard to follow." <laughs> it's like it just gets worse from there. <laughs> yeah, maybe I played the first couple of hours of the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't play more though. I, I can't remember why I stopped. I've never played Kingdom Hearts one, and I've played like the first part of Kingdom Hearts two, just the Twilight Town part. Like twenty times, never gotten get very much it. further yeah. into the game. <laughs> I have a couple games like that where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna really get through this one part this time, and I just, just I can't. <laughs> it's like those TV shows. Like this time just we're gonna pass play the whole game. Three. No. 
I know. No, well, that's like still just gonna play Twilight Town. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's like Star Trek Next Generation. Like, okay, if I can just make it past uh, season two, <laughs> it gets really weird. Yeah, one, one of my problems is that I get so emotionally invested in Roxas as a character, and then like at the end of that intro area, it's like, oh. He doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that game has so many problems, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for part two of my adventures in toddler board gaming, oh, yeah. my kids and I played Small World, the actual Small World, for the first time. And keep in mind, they're five and four, so I was yeah. amazed. They, I mean, we only made it through like six rounds instead of eight <laughs> or ten. I think we were supposed to do ten. But they did great, and I never realized... I always have loved Small World. It's always been one that I just think is super fun and awesome and thematic, but it's so accessible to little kids. The mathematics of how to conquer a space and the fact that everybody gets really mad at first because everybody's conquering them and then they (laughs) chill out because they realize it's all just mayhem. It It was really fun. Yeah, I, it's, it's surprising because our son, Sid, he's a very competitive mm. uh, boy. and uh, <laughs> Very, very, very to the 10th power yeah. compa- competitive. It should he, be like a YouTube series where it's like my kids playing board games. Like, this week we're going to play Twilight Imperium. Imperium <laughs> See how long they can get it. <laughs> no, it would just end up being that video where the guy tosses the table every time. Yeah. Like, that was uh, yeah. well, it, was, it was so funny because I played, I played a round of Above and Below with like my seven-year-old sister a while back, and she just cared so much about the coins specifically. She would, she would just make her characters either work or adventure every single round. And like <laughs> at the end up. of the game, she was like, nowhere near the amount of points as anyone else but she was like look i've got way more money than anyone (laughs) success she was like i did it look at this pile of coins like it was hard to even convince her to buy any houses ever because she didn't want to give up the money (laughs) and i'm like no no if you buy this one though you can get more money other times (laughs) she's like like, fine well she was just playing with like real life rules right yeah that's that's how you win in real life right yes get the more Get, get the yeah. most money. Get the most monies. Yeah, I and uh, recently Mallory and I we played Race for the Galaxy, the best game ever, which we really like. We haven't played it for a really long time. Craig, have you ever I played, played that? Yeah, you've really played good. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Brent, I don't think you've played no, that. No, I haven't. It's a really interesting game. It's a. It's and a... anyone that thinks otherwise is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it seems no, like we get why people. It seems like it has quite a barrier to entry, actually. <laughs> so it's not for everybody, but mm. it's cool because it's like build up your galactic empire in 30 minutes, and it's just cards, nice. and it's super fast and. It is hard to learn, I think. It was, at least for us, it was hard to learn. Yeah. But once you get it, it's just like so fast mm-hmm. and really exciting and really tense. And it definitely has that race feel, you know? You're like racing to get to the end and trying to end it before somebody else can so you can, you know, make sure that your point machine makes more than those. Ah, we'll have to play it here. But uh, yeah, it's a really fun game. Yeah. Yeah, really I'd like, like it. to play it. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to, you know, we don't really have a game that's like that. But it's always something I'd, I'd want to do, something like that. So how's Near and Far coming? Pretty well. We're uh, trying to put together like a real good, awesome, functioning prototype now. I've been spending a lot of time editing the storybook, and I handed off the rule book to Ryan, so he's been fixing that up real 
real well. <laughs> yeah, I've basically turned it into like a textbook. It's like a <laughs> wall of text on every page now. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy it for $150 too, so yeah. like a traditional textbook. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so you buy the rule book separately, um, <laughs> and it's $150. The game's only like 60 or whatever, but the, the book is... Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and it's required for class, so... Oh, good, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's actually crunch time on our development here. Yeah. We're trying to get the game. We're trying to make a really great looking prototype of the game so we can uh, for like a preview copy. Yeah, and it's just been difficult tying up all the loose ends, making sure all the quests work with each other, making sure all the art looks really nice. Realizing that every task takes much longer than you expect it to. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, yeah, I could do that in a few days. And like two weeks later, oh, I just finished. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rule book that, yeah, rule books for games, I always take way longer than I expect. But this one actually has the longest rule book of any of our games so far. Yeah. <laughs> I believe a, it. A few of the mechanics are somewhat complicated to explain. They don't play as super complicated, yeah. but there's a lot of there's a lot of words it takes to get all the little bits and pieces to Making cover sure all the we angles. Don't confuse you when you start playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now I actually think it's it's not as hard to learn as City of Iron. I think City of Iron's harder to learn, but there are so many little aspects to the game yeah. that we had to mm-hmm. explain. And it's partially that long because of all the different modes and options you get. It's yeah. not necessarily that the that the base game takes a lot to learn, but it's that there are so many different ways to play. Yeah, so you don't actually have to read through that whole book your first play, which is nice. Yep. And like I feel I personally feel like the gameplay is fairly intuitive. Mm-hmm. Like in all meshes fairly well with the theme and stuff so it's easy to get a hold of once you start like reading the rules and figuring it out but it's just there's a lot yeah there's a lot to explain yeah as any designer will tell you i made this great intuitive game (laughs) i tried to write it down in a rule book (laughs) yeah it's 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 always different um, but definitely when when we're designing when i'm designing i'm always trying to go for I always try to avoid things like extra little things that you have to remember. I I hate adding those to a game. Like if we have to add those, generally it's because it's, it's like a band-aid. And just having one more thing for a player to remember while they're playing is is, you know, something that's going to make the game harder to learn and less fun. So that's, yeah, that's good that you say it's intuitive. Yeah, in development. How about we do this yeah. to fix this problem? Ryan <laughs> oh says, "No, gosh. I'm not adding an extra <laughs> <Yeah>. roll." <laughs> Well, yeah. and it's and it's funny how you end up thinking about the game differently when you're thinking about the rule book because I remember we were talking about some changes like when I had just started on the rule book and I was like that would make it so much more complicated for me to explain here please don't do that oh when we were play yeah when we were play testing we're like yeah. what if we change this like no I'm like, please no, that's four please. pages of rules <laughs> we're keeping it anyways even if it's a problem yeah I think one specific instance is we were thinking of. Uh, breaking up the town board, the one town board, into, like, a bunch of little individual Um, pieces of the different buildings. (laughs) I'm like, that would make the setup so more complicated. More pieces. That's all we need. Oh, yeah. That's that's what makes a game better. Oh, yeah. I thought. Yeah. (laughs) More pieces. (laughs) More pieces, more cards, more game modes. That's what you get with Near and Far. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Just remember that <laughs> in a couple weeks. Do we want to talk about how we play tested this last week and the ultimate outcome of that game? I think oh. somebody here wants to talk about the No, outcome not of that at game. all. No, I, I just thought about uh, like we might want to talk about some so some testing. Craig is the new Brenna. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to talk about what came before the ultimate outcome of no, that game? No, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> well, when I was so we were playing the game, and again I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got such a great start on this game. <laughs> no. And and Craig was so worried. Like, he thought, I, I stole his red faction, basically. And speaking of playing with competitive toddlers. <laughs> Are you comparing me Craig, to a competitive Craig, toddler? Craig threw a fit, basically, because Ryan took his red faction, and then Craig still won by a good, oh, like, 20, a 30 points more than any of the rest of us. I wanted to like win. Points, and he was so mad that he didn't win by 40 points. <laughs> Yeah. Which also, by the way, led to a little bit of game development tweaking. Well, we, we tweaked we don't a like few that big cards. of a gap. Yeah. yeah. We tweaked a few cards. There was a <laughs> there was a card in there. But still, I mean, you still would have won anyway. We figured out yeah. even if like a couple tweaks, you would have won. So gold yeah, star great. for Craig. Yeah. Gold anyway, star. Anyway, I still came in second. <laughs> Yeah. Came in last. We played only three people. So it was me, yeah. Brenna, I, let's see. and was it me? Ryan. Was it? Yeah. It was me. Yeah. It's like I fail. I, I fail. Like are you just bad at playing all of your own games? Uh, yeah. Kind of. I'm pretty. You know, I'm not too bad at City of Iron. No, you. You wanted Isle you, Bound. Yeah, when you we killed us at Isle Bound. Yeah. You would just like yeah, that's just true. turn after turn, just throw down cards like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you know the game, though, so... Yeah, now straight. It's because I, I had played it, like, 50 times, and you guys had never played it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did yeah. give you an advantage. Well, we have a few questions this week, and let's start with the first one. Brenna. Okay. Ahead. Jason asks, Are there any plans to release City of Iron Experts and Engines or something similar for City of Iron 2nd Edition? There are plans to do that. I definitely want to. Our plan was actually to release it this year, but... I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we've just had a couple projects pop up that we're, we've been working on. It's definitely like on the project list, mm-hmm. which is getting longer and longer these days. And it's tough because I think if we were another company or if we functioned differently, like if I didn't have to do every piece of art in every game, like I'm sure we could make games faster. <laughs> yeah. But we really have that limited... Uh, amount that we can do so it's not that this is a call for extra artists yeah right (laughs) part of the brand is the ryan lockett art so we're we have chosen to stick with that for now yeah but there are plans we would like to do a an expansion and it will be at this point the plan is to be just a card deck so it won't be as big as the first edition experts and engines it'll just be like a small tuck box like the islebound like the islebound expansion that's right so yes, it's on. It's it's in the works, but uh, I don't have a release date. And Ryan asks, "What is your current favorite game mechanism or game type? Why?" So recently, I actually have been getting back into dice rolling, which is funny because I have it in almost every one of my games. And when I started doing this game design thing, it was dice rolling was definitely looked down upon. And in some ways it still is, although it's made sort of a comeback in like Euro game design. But I, I love the tension that, that happens when you roll the die. Like 
in in some games there'll be you know there are different ways to do like combat so like in twilight imperium craig yeah um you know it's like it's dice right yeah and and they do dice differently in in different games but anytime i play a game where it's like a card flip instead of a die roll i don't know it just I, i never get as excited in a game like that it seems like there maybe is a little more opportunity to like strategize the battle Mm-hmm. And I can definitely appreciate that in some designs, but I also miss that like that huge tension, like when you roll the die and like you stand up, oh yeah, I got a good <laughs> roll, you know. I, I I just love that, which is why I keep adding it to like every design. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lately, yeah, like above and below has it, and near and far has a ton of dice rolling. Mm-hmm. Although I think the secret is the dice rolling, failing dice rolls is never like hugely painful in the game and there are ways to mitigate it so you can sort of plan for bad luck yeah and it's actually i think fairly difficult to fail dice rolls most of the time yeah if you in near and far with the exception of like the player versus player duels yeah (laughs) Yeah. right yeah so what do you guys think well, call me crazy or nostalgic but playing race for the galaxy just reminds me again and again like how much I like just simply drawing cards. Oh. I love when I can just draw a bunch of cards and choose what I want and discard. Like, I think of Race for the Galaxy, Blue Moon City, I love. Yeah. Ticket to Ride. Like, I'm always trying to think of, of games I can play where it's just so simple. It's as simple as that. Draw so your like cards, hand make your choices. Thing. Yeah. And You're then like, go. you got to manage the cards in your hand and mm-hmm. decide like what to do with them. Yeah, I love that too. It's really, I feel like it's really hard to design, especially with the way games have developed over the last decade. It's hard to put that in a game and make it workable and make it work with the strategy and make the choices still interesting. But when someone pulls it off, I love it because it just feels so free. Yeah, it is like a different like random strategy because like you're drawing cards, it's random. So you don't know what cards you're going to get, but you have like, your cards already so you can decide oh, i'm gonna play this right here it's totally the best card to play right now yeah well uh, one thing that's cool about i think one reason why the game is is so successful race for the galaxy mm-hmm. i'm talking about is because there is a lot of randomness in the game but it basically the randomness is there just to give you the random hand and then you get to make decisions about what to do with it instead of like i i can see the problem with dice rolling in some cases where um you're trying to do something, you roll the die, and there's a random, you know, like, outcome. Yeah. Which, so, you know, yeah. uh, some people don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people don't like failing. It's a different yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Random outcomes versus random options. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, anything that has any sort of, like, role-playing RPG, like, element, I'm all for. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anything mm-hmm. that has, like, a character that I can personally get invested in whether it's a character that i can create on my own but if it's like a character that has been created anything like that i just love because if i'm invested in a game like with near and far like just being invested in that character it it makes it more fun to me it's like oh this is my character i'm going through this adventure and i just love that being just inverted to the game wow inverted that's not the word i'm looking for invested <laughs> invested invested and yeah. inverted and inverted inverted <laughs> inverted invested so so for you is uh is like character progression like do you, do you need to have like choices in your character progression yeah that's why I like i really love playing dungeons and dragons cuz i love mm-hmm. just having so many choices and just being yeah invested in this character so you basically like making that customized character yeah yeah 
yeah i yeah that's something that's why I, I, we wanted to add that element to the game but i i like i like that too yeah no that was actually one of the things i was considering saying but also until recently i hadn't played many worker placement games and I actually think that's really fun. And I think oh, that nice. has some element of like, especially in some games, has that element of in being invested in the character. But it's like this whole group of characters because mm-hmm. it's this whole party and you get to uh, <laughs> command them <laughs> to your will. Yeah. No, but it's like it feels kind of more civilization building mm-hmm. Yeah. And rather than just your one character. It leads to stories coming out about them, even though they're not a written character, right? Mm -hmm. They get names. You can still project onto them, you know? (laughs) 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 Right. Well, I think that leads us into our game development tip of the week. It's the tip, tip, tip of the week. So here's a tip. Come up with an elevator pitch near the beginning of your design process on Mm -hmm. a game. So I'm also interested in um, story writing. And Brenna, you also do that as well. Yeah, I do. In fact, just you know, you're always submitting yeah. stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Just, just submitted a just story. Just submitted a novella. Yeah. So uh, one thing I hear people say is is that you got to come up with an elevator pitch for your mm-hmm. your story because basically you're gonna get that question, what's your book about, uh, or what's your game about? And if you can't answer it in one sentence, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you should be able to answer it in one sentence. Like if somebody asks, what's Artifacts Inc. about, I would say it's you run your own archaeology business in the 1920s. You know, that's yeah. it. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing, and it makes sense. And I could say, well, in the game, you, you have these dice, and there are these cards, and you roll the dice, and you get some money. You know, like already, whoever's listening, they're, they, you know, their their brains turned off. Like, yep. their eyes are are glassy, you know, or Is glazed this over. Like our pack story before. Have we mentioned this before on the podcast? <laughs> well, why don't you talk about that? <laughs> well, we're at PAX South last year, and you know, we we've been. Or no, selling... it, was the, it was this year. It was, was this. It was twenty sixteen. Uh-huh. That's right. It was. it was early this year, and you know, we're we're selling games. We're talking to people, and we start realizing that that's what we're doing. We're we're selling some artifacts, say, and we're like, okay, artifacts think it's. You roll your dice, and then you get to assign them to certain cards, and we're explaining all these mechanics, and people's eyes are glazing over, yeah. and they're like, cool, this is awesome, see yeah. you later. It's like, so. they're, they're like, they're like looking yeah. at their phone, right? Or like looking just, down the, the aisle. Yeah, you gotta boil it down to something fun. Like, if someone walks into a restaurant, and they're like, well, we've got some good glutinous rice, and some very vitamin C high... <laughs> broccoli mixed together with some you gotta just tell them what they want to know rather than what you want to describe it's it's always it's always difficult to come up with that like one pithy sentence that you feel like encompasses this thing you've created this big complicated thing that i i probably should come up with a better elevator pitch for my novella but i've been i've been telling people you know whenever they ask about it i'm like oh yeah it's a cyberpunk neo-noir detective novel <laughs> yeah it's cyberpunk neo-noir gender-bent detective novel which like if you know all those buzzwords you're gonna be really excited about but, <laughs> but if you don't you're you totally don't, lost, you're probably so. like what are you saying to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and the reason i say i also say you should you should come up with it not at the end of the design process but you should come up with it at the beginning like when you make yeah. that first prototype 
and it'll give you a sort of a target to shoot for throughout the whole design process. And something else they say when you're writing stories, like if something doesn't move the story forward or is important to the story, don't include it in the book. Yeah. Get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And the same is is true for the game design like once you know your target for that game like what's the goal for this game how do i want the players to feel when they're playing this game and then you know more easily what to cut when you're designing yeah. the game like is this important to the game is this helping the game like is this convoluted trading mechanism in the game something that we should keep you know <laughs> yeah well and it's focused on experience too i feel like that has informed a lot of our late development decisions in near and far when we sit down and we play and we say, are we having the experience that we described in our elevator pitch and some elements aren't giving us that experience, then we reevaluate whether they should stay or whether they should be moved to a different slot and priority in the game yeah. so that we know people are sitting down and having the experience we described to them when we say, this is what Near this and Far is, is going to be yeah. like for you. Yeah, that's right. So give us the elevator pitch for Near and Far, Ryan. The elevator pitch for near and far. Something's, <laughs> something's really close and something's really far away. Yeah. Yes. Um, boy, Have you ever I, heard I, that I think Celine you put me on the spot song? here. Just watch the Grover <laughs> video, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For near and far, I would say, here's the elevator pitch. It's a game where you search for a lost city through a book of maps. And that sort of gives the, you know, that's that's the real unique thing about the game is that it has an atlas instead mm -hmm. of a board. Yeah. Yep. And then you that's can explain more. Point. You've, you've, you've uh, you know, whet their appetites, so now they're ready to hear more about, about the game. I'm ready to buy five copies right yeah. now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> on Kickstarter. Yeah. On blank date. Soon. <laughs> on, soon. on soon. On soon, TBA. Yeah, soon. Our goal is actually July, so keep oh, it Oh, we dropped it. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Fireworks here. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> I'll do something. It's coming. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Please visit our website, redravengames.com, and follow us on Twitter, at redravengame. My Twitter is at Brenna underscore Aspland. You can follow me on Twitter at agroxcraig, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else on the internet. And actually, before we continue this, we have an iTunes review that I'll do another dramatic reading right here. It's too short. Five-star review by Steve underscore 29. This would absolutely be a six-star review except for one complaint. It's too short. Red Raven Games is a great group of people, Ryan, Craig, Brenna, and sometimes Mallory. With great chemistry, interesting discussion topics, if you are into board games and sometimes video games, and inside information for both board game fans and designers. All in all, well done show. I just wish it filled up my hour-long commute, so no six star for you. Five will have to do. Steve C. Period. Please, please rate and review us as well. Yeah. And, and you can get it your own dramatic yeah. reading. Yeah. Yes. And thank you, Mallory, for joining us. Thank you. This time. I felt like Mal was confused when I did this whole thing. Like, she was like, can't you see? I'm holding the review right here. Oh, like, no, it's, I like, got in it. The, yeah. it, it. That's more like a YouTube thing. Like, yeah. you can click on the box right here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, can't, you can't see Craig, but he's doing like a Vanna <laughs> White holding yeah. his hands off to the side. Please, please click that button right there. Right? <laughs> Not there, but there. There you go. Subscribe. All right. Have a good day. Great. See you next week.
At Brenna Asplin. Dang it. <laughs> we'll start over. We're, We're doing podcasts over again. Doing the whole thing. 